Good morning, good evening, or if we're on replay, what's up? My name is Dr. Nima Romani, and uh, just getting all set up here, and I just wanted to jump on and share um, one of the greatest threats that I just discovered yesterday doing our Cycle Breakers training and getting the feedback from the community in what, what's been stopping them in their relationships. And one couple actually just began the process, their own individual journey to, towards healing, and they're on the brink of divorce. They literally are at a, at a critical point where they're like, you know, we got to shit or get off the pot. You know, is it a, do I stay? Do I go? Like, we need to determine... Um, you know, if we're going to keep going. And if you've never met me before, welcome to my kind of universe. If you've landed in my um, kind of sphere of influence uh, in my uh, universe, listening or hearing my content for the first time, I don't believe that, th that it's an accident. Uh, my name is Dr. Nima Romani, and I retired from chiropractic several uh, years ago. Um, and because I made a discovery with my with my patients uh, that most of the chronic pain, chronic illness, uh, chronic issues that are just this mysterious chronic physical ailments that are unresolved have to do with an upstream problem. Now, I hadn't heard of Gabor Mate at the time. I just came to these conclusions. I hadn't, um, you know, I haven't, I, I didn't know about his work. If you've ever watched uh, Gabor Mate, uh, his, or read his books, um, he talks about how, you know, th when the body says no, the cost of hidden stress, he, He's one of the first few in the medical profession to highlight the importance of unresolved trauma in our chronic health issues. I was just seeing it. You know, I would start seeing patients who would follow a, uh, follow a kind of codependency type of pattern. People who had chronic issues. Why is it that anyone who's got chronic pain, fibromyalgia, something chronic, always has a very similar kind of personality type. And there's a over overlapping with codependency. How is it that I could predict just by meeting somebody after doing something for 20 years? If you imagine you've done something for 20 years, would you not recognize certain patterns? These were the patterns that I was seeing. And then as I was going on my own healing journey, um, from a divorce and like eight failed relationships later and trying to figure out mostly cognitively what the fuck is going on and how do I clear negative emotions? That's what I was all about before. It was all about clearing negative emotions. Um, why, why wasn't my relationships working? And it took my last relationship that kind of, it was like a culmination of everything. It got worse. The volatility between us was the highest. There was extreme swings of manic kind of sexual kind of connection and then absolute toxic uh, situation on the other side of it. And this kind of curiosity, weirdness, going back and forth and discovering 
being in a highly volatile codependent relationship, I discovered, whoa, this is what a trauma bond is. I didn't realize I was in it. And holy crap, that is an upstream issue um, that affects millions of people's lives. And they don't realize that their health, their wealth, their relationships, their sense of self-worth, their confidence in themselves, their experience of security in who they are is intertwined with this this relational dynamic and all is a blueprint that was founded in childhood and without understanding this these unresolved wounds of the past that are still living very much alive in our body we might not have a memory of them in our minds cognitively but our traumas don't come up in memory they come up in our reactivity and so when people you know students and clients are like he reminds me of my mother and it is just like being with my father and it's just like ah just like when i was eight years old and it's the same feelings and no matter what somebody's religious faith is no matter what someone's age is no matter what someone's nationality is everybody seemed to have this stuff in common so i thought to myself holy crap i gotta i really gotta show people how to heal from this Um, first I got to deal with my own shit (laughs) and if I can heal from this trauma bond and not keep distracting myself with women, uh, and work and being really important, you know, getting my narcissistic supply from women or my, uh, clients, uh, as a means of trying to kind of compensate for my severe lack of you know, lack of confidence within myself. If I could just kind of figure that out, will it be possible for me to do something unthinkable? And that unthinkable thing for me was to have a secure relationship, to have a relationship where I felt like not only that, you know, there was a bond there, but that I trusted myself. That was really important to me because I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to lose interest. I didn't, not to lose, excuse me, not to lose interest. And so I'm, um, I'm just really, really, really keen on teaching people what I discovered on the other side of that. And last night on one of our group trainings in our Cycle Breakers Collective course, uh, this whole conversation came up of, you know, this common theme this argument that happens in relationships, this argument that never goes away. It just keeps happening again and again and again. And it really got to me. I thought, wow, there's, you know, the greatest threat to, uh, I really, this, this line I just wrote down, kind of journaled after I reflected, it was the greatest threat to our relationships is really not knowing how to differentiate, you know, in a, within a conflict, how to differentiate if this is something that's historical um, versus this is an issue now, (laughs) you know, it's like, it feels real. What they just said feels real. It feels like an attack. It feels like something I want to fight back on. I want to run away from, I want to freeze and just check out, or I want to just kind of fawn the four trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. This is how you deal, this is how we deal unconsciously with the stress and anxiety of our relationships is our trauma responses. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. This is how we 
react. This is how we protected ourselves as children when we experienced this sense of alarm, this sense of disconnection and conflict within our family systems. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn kept us safe in childhood. And what keeps us safe in childhood is actually highly destructive, in case you haven't noticed. You know, if you just were in an abusive situation growing up and there was touching that was uncomfortable and was beyond the little child inside of you's capacity to cope and to, you know, to cope and to manage these emotions and nobody taught you and nobody was emotionally mature enough to hold space for you at the time. Well, you found safety and just kind of like your soul leaving your body, kind of like freezing is very common. The freeze response. It's when you just are like deer in headlights. You don't move because you don't feel safe running away. You don't feel safe fighting back. So you leave your body. And so that was helpful at growing up, but in an intimate partnership, let's say you're in your thirties or your forties and all of a sudden something comes up, a conflict comes up, which causes you to shut down. Like you just check out, you'll shut down. Right. And this other person who now feels not seen is trying to connect with you, but you're not even there. You're like a ghost. Your soul has left your body. You're an empty core because you've now regressed based on what happened. They're maybe arguing with you about um, the dishes, having the dishes done, but you're not actually there. You're now eight years old. You've shut down. Your body is completely numb. And you're not there. And now this person is feeling, are you not listening to me? Do you not hear me? Do you not care about me? But they don't have the awareness of the nervous system. They haven't done their work to know, to understand how to help you. And then your checking out now all of a sudden causes them to feel abandoned, just like it did when their mother was, you know, dissociated or kind of drunk and not even there. And so can you see how this unresolved wounding actually plays out in current relational dynamics? And now what happens is we don't have two adults. We have two little children whose inner child is kind of arguing, kind of like that uh, Burning Man artwork where you see these two people, you know, the wired kind of statues of two people with their inner look back to back from one another, but their inner children are like trying to connect. It's exactly, exactly what it is. This is what happens in relational dynamics. And the reason why we, um, our relationships suck so much and we have problems connecting with them is because there are two skills that I, I'm going to use myself as an example. I never learned, which led me to have these same repetitive patterns in every relationship. You know, I, here's the pattern. I want connection and I want the approval. So I do whatever it takes initially in the chase. Once the hook is in and I have that person immediately, the chase is gone for me. And so I feel they become overly needy and then I start pushing away and there's this dance of the avoidant and uh, anxious attached. <laughs> Let me know if you can relate to this, you know. Do you have that same situation? If you do, this was me. I didn't trust myself to be in relationships anymore. So 
I want to share with you what those two skills were and then answer a few questions uh, Crystal had, Sandra had, um, and really help you uh, get to the bottom of this stuff. Um, so what are the two skills? Uh, the two skills are number one. I'm going to share with you number, write it down right here. The first skill is, see if I can write it down, the ability to take a trigger and turn it into self-love. What the hell do I mean by this skill? A couple years ago, I came up with a concept called becoming trigger-proof. Becoming trigger-proof is a, a skill set, is a neural skill that takes exercise, that takes practice, it takes a dedication, that allows us to take any time that we get triggered within a relationship, what happens is, like my example above, earlier, excuse me, person one and person two are getting activated in the, in the, in the relate, within the relationship. It's never about what it's about. What's happening is we have these unresolved wounds. Trauma means a wound, right? Trauma means injury or wound. That's unresolved from our past, a childlike part of ourselves that is still hurting unconsciously it's in the body you can't tell it's not there but it comes out in your reaction so if all of a sudden i'm with you and then i go into shutdown mode and you then feel exactly just like when you were like 10 years old and your mother went you know had a mental illness and she checked out and she just went you know uh completely numb she dissociated from you and she checked out and that had you feeling abandoned. Okay, great. Now in this moment that I've triggered you, you've now regressed. Every trigger is a regression. Every trigger is a age regression. Every reactivity, anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And what happens is these wounds within relationships are age regressions. We, 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 we fall back to a childlike state. If you don't believe me, you know, just look at where anytime you've ever been in an argument, aren't you like, you know, why is this person like acting like a child? You're totally acting like a child. My wife actually said that to me a few months ago during an argument, which hurt a lot, by the way, because of course I was in age regression in that moment. And she's like, you're acting like a child. Well, she was regressed in that moment as well. She didn't have the capacity in that moment in her nervous system to be able to hold space and understand me. And I didn't at the same time to understand her because we were both in a regression. So to cultivate the ability to take that trigger, anytime you have a trigger, what'll happen is you will abandon yourself. This is, was a huge discovery that I made is that anytime I get triggered by you, let's say I'm driving and you cut me off on the road and I get triggered. The only reason why I get activated like that is because I'm abandoning myself. What does that mean? It's not that you cut me off, that's the problem. It's the story that I made up about it that causes this reaction because 
if you cut me off, chances are you weren't watching. I was in a blind spot and you cut me off. We've all done it before, have we not? Did we do it purposely to hurt somebody? No. But the but when you cut when I get cut off, it activates me because it brings me back to a time where I wasn't seen, I wasn't considered, I wasn't important. So the story that I make up about being cut off in my body is that I'm not important. Whereas that's not actually true. It's not what happened. So what's happening is the reason why I got triggered was because I abandoned myself. I was the one to abandon myself. I'm not important and I'm now, fuck you, how dare you cut me off? Now I react back to you, my trauma response, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. If I turn around and I drive right up, I'm like, fuck you for cutting me off, right? I'm fighting back, not to the being cut off because you were just, you know, you were blind. You weren't trying to hurt someone. You were like, oh shit, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was reacting to my own self-abandonment. Does that make sense? Now, there's, I mean, this is all happening in a split second and it's all happening unconsciously, like underneath the level of conscious, underneath the level of conscious awareness. But once you really get this, and this is what we train our cycle breakers week to week, because this is, believe me, this is like, decades of self-abandonment. You're not going to unravel it overnight. But to take that conditioned self-abandonment of saying I'm not enough and turn it into self-love. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. And when you do that in a conflict, you bounce back a lot quicker. You now have the oxygen mask on you. You don't need the other person's validation. And now you have an ability to see what's going on on their side of the street where you didn't before because you were too busy feeling victimized by the other person and victimizing yourself. Does this make sense? Let me know if this is landing for you or it's like, because this takes a while. It takes months to master this. You're not going to learn it just by listening to me like this. You got to actually show up on the mat. It's kind of like learning jujitsu just from watching a video versus showing up on the mat. You're not going to learn it just by listening to a podcast or watching a video. It doesn't work that way. You know, you got to, it's muscle memory and it's, you know, tinkering with it, right? 
So that's the first skill is to take a trigger where you normally self-abandon because, oh, you brought up a past thing and I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. You know, I feel disrespected. So that means I'm not lovable, which is a self-abandonment really. And learn how to take that self-abandonment and turn it into deeper self-love. So what happens is every time you get triggered and then you repair, the recovery causes a spiritual growth. And it's through each trigger that you become stronger because you're repairing with yourself. And the second skill, when you don't get this right, you're living in a fantasy world, hoping that you're going to meet somebody that doesn't trigger you. It never works because relationships are designed to help you re reconnect with parts of you that you've abandoned, these lost parts of you. And that's what relationships are for. Uh, and you constantly are outsourcing your emotional regulation to other people. You know, you don't, you won't trust others. You won't trust yourself. You don't have the ability to regulate yourself. You're going to need other people. And this is where codependency happened because you don't know how to handle your emotional flashbacks. You become reactive. And then the worst part, it then passes on to the kids without you even knowing you could be the well, most well-meaning parent because your parents were well-meaning, but look what happened. <laughs> they were well-meaning, but they didn't actually address it. And it takes somebody very courageous and responsible, not somebody who wants to take the blame, but somebody who wants to really take get a handle on that. And the biggest obstacle will be you going, yeah, but what if I do the work and then the other person doesn't? What about them? This is what everybody says. And it's like, look, this is weight loss. It's like weight loss. You know, it's like complaining. Why, why don't, you know, what if I want to lose the weight, but other people don't? Well, let, let them not. It's not going to affect you. You're going to feel healthy within you. And that's really the win. And your biggest obstacle is you're not going to want to do it. You're going to want to keep telling your story. You're going to want to get validated on your side and you're going to want to stay juvenile. <laughs> the very thing that will be stopping you is the trauma response itself. So it's, it's going to take heroic uh, commitment to want to transform that. And the second one is to, if you learn the first part, then the second one becomes accessible to you to turn conflict Turn conflict into deeper intimacy. So what happens is after the conflict happens and you're in and we do the work and we the, the work is the overview method itself is what I teach is how to take these two concepts. And I teach this in the overview experience. You take a, we take a trigger. We stretch it out over six hours and we go through the neuroscience of what happens in every stage through the trigger so that we can actually resolve it within ourselves. And once we've done that, we don't need any validation. We can now repair with the other person from a place of compassionate awareness, loving awareness to ourselves, loving awareness to the other person and sharing what came up. Hey, you know, this, when we got into our argument yesterday, it totally brought back up when I was 17 and I, you know, got kicked out of school and I felt totally rejected. And it turns out I was rejecting myself. And so I, I see it from a different perspective now. And now I can also see from your side what was happening with you. And do you want to share what came up for you?
and then they can share. And then now you've repaired. You don't need like a counselor to speak on your behalf in a way because you've now learned to regulate yourself. And now here's the best part. Whenever you have conflict, conflict then becomes the kind of portal to deepening your intimacy, kind of like when you build a muscle. And to build a muscle, it requires hypertrophy. So you take the muscle and you put it through difficult challenge, and then it rips the muscle up a little bit. As it rips the muscle up a little bit, the repair of that tear, micro tearing, builds more muscle. So conflict doesn't actually have to be something that completely destroys um, destroys the relationship. Conflict can be something that actually deepens intimacy into me, you see, into me, I see, and then being seen, right? Because you see yourself and then you can see the other person. These are the two skills that nobody ever taught me and I learned it and my life has completely transformed and because i'm able to do that because you're able to master and and this these tools is what i love teaching uh, once you learn this you can now transform a conflict and know exactly what's yours what's the other person's be able to distinguish and set a boundary know that hey that was my stuff there and that was your stuff there and be able to untangle from the enmeshment the enmeshment, which means not knowing a boundary of what's mine and what's yours. Without really getting this, none of our relationships can really work, even in friendships. We go through these love bombing, devaluing, and discarding stages in friendships, and they all end up the same. Oh my God, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, then devalue, discard, and it just keeps these swinging fluctuations, and there's no real stability because, quite frankly, we haven't yet learned those two very important critical skills. And so the greatest threat to our relationships then become not really knowing and being able to differentiate what's ours and what's theirs, what's now and what comes from the past. And when you master these skills, all of a sudden your confidence goes up. You are able to have a conflict and repair and be like, hey, we're stronger for it, right? You know, me and my clients, we rupture and then we repair. I model that. Some people don't have that capability of being able to, you know, have resilience through conflict and for good reason because we never had it modeled to us. But it's something that I'm working on consistently. I don't get it right every time, but I'm committed to the process of repair. And that's really what secure relationships are about. It's not about a conflict-free zone. It's about, you know, two people not abandoning themselves, not trying to fawn, not trying to people please. Because if you people please the person, then you're abandoning yourself and then you fragment from yourself and there's where the ang angst and anxiety is. And that ends up blowing up in your face eventually with health issues or, you know, uh, you displ displaced anger, right? So Crystal had some class. Is any questions about this? Let me know if this is useful, what your biggest takeaway is in this. And if you have any questions about that, and those of you who are actually keen on learning how to do it, this is what we teach in our uh, breath work, our overview experience, in our Cycle Breakers community. Um, the people who apply to work with us aren't here. It's, it's different than therapy is that we don't just want to 
okay, I'm done telling my story week after week. I now want to learn the skills. There's actually nothing wrong with you. You just haven't learned the skills in self-regulation. You haven't had an intimate relationship with our younger parts, right? And they're the, the, the shadow parts that get triggered. So deep shadow work. We teach deep shadow work, polyvagal theory, attachment theory. We teach uh, neurosensory exercises to expand our capacity to feel anger, expand our capacity to feel shame, expand our capacity to feel guilt, expand our capacity to feel sadness and grief. All of these emotions that we have this fantasy that we shouldn't feel, that's a little unreasonable. <laughs> we break the fantasies, by the way. Another thing we do in our Cycle Breaker community to help relationships is breaking fantasies of what relationships should be, this person that's going to help rescue me from all my fucking insecurities. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. And finally, when I woke up to all of those fantasies, I learned these two important skills. I reframed what a relationship really is about, what a family is, what parenting is, not from fantasy, but from what reality is. Now I can enjoy the process. I could get into conflict. I can speak my truth, get into conflict and not abandon myself and repair. And with each repair, loving myself more and going deeper in intimacy with the other person so that you can see week, week after week, month after month, year after year, of course, it ebbs and flows, but you can see that your relationship has gotten stronger with time rather than unraveling with time. And this is probably the most important skill we're never taught. We're never taught our relationship about relationship, how to have healthy relationships. We never taught about our relationship to our bodies, our relationship to our emotions, our relationship to money. We just are just floating around, <laughs> you know, banging our heads against the wall going, fuck, why is this not working? Well, the good news is these are skills that you can learn if you're ready to live a life of your own design, not by these old patterns. So a couple questions. Crystal Ivy says, is there a way to help other people differentiate this emotional stuff as well? Um, you know, with your permission, I, I, I hear this a lot from people. Yeah, how can I help my kids? Immediately, the people who have codependent tendencies, instead of saying, okay, I got to learn this for me, immediately they're like, I want to help other people with it. <laughs> so my invitation for you, Crystal, is to master it within yourself first. Once you master it within yourself, you realize that you don't try to help other people differentiate it if they're not interested in learning. You know, you can't rescue other people and teach them how to differentiate their, their emotions from others. That comes from their traumas and their wounds. They got to heal it. But the question is, why aren't you doing it for you? You know, and the answer, because I hear this all the time in this, in this space, people, people secretly, you know, they do the work because they think it's going to get them something. It's going to get them that relationship. Finally, I'm going to land a, a man and you know, oh, I, I, I'm a codependent within a narcissistic relationship. He's a narcissist. He'll never do it. But I'm here in secret hopes that me fixing here, I can understand and fix that other person. That's a, that's a classic codependent um, play. I see right through it. <laughs> and my invitation is for you to learn it for you. And once you learn it for you, you don't need to help others unless they're actually wanting help. So don't help those that don't want it themselves. So 
if I was following my own advice, it doesn't sound like you really want to do it for you. So it doesn't sound like you're ready to learn unless it's to help somebody else, which is um, a, a, one of your blind spots, I'm, I'm going to assume. And this is a total assumption. Let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, but uh, you got to learn it for you. <laughs> How do I help my kids love themselves? Do you love yourself? No, I don't. Um, you can't bullshit this. <laughs> we get this a lot. I want to, I'm doing this. I want to help my kids. Teach me how to help my kids learn to love themselves. I don't get why they don't love themselves. I'm like, do you love yourself? No, I don't. Okay. Well then start with you. Yeah. But how do I help them? And it's like, there's this little kind of wiring that prevents them from looking inward. It's very common in codependence. We notice that in our in interviews when we're interviewing people to see if they're ready for the work. We keep asking you about you. We go, okay, so how does it bring up with you? And then they keep going back to the other person. Yeah, well then this is what they say. And then this is what they did. And then they cheated on me. And then they come right back to me. And then they do it all over again. They go back to that other person. And then okay, four times they come right back to me. And so I want to know what am I like, what advice do you have for me? What can I do about them? I'm like, you just brought it back to them. You didn't bring it in you. So some people aren't ready. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be basically like, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta learn to do this so that I can put the oxygen mask on, then I can help my kids. Then I can, you know, be an example. How do you teach others? Uh, by, by living by example. It's like saying, how do you, Crystal, that's like saying, how do I make a, another person lose weight? By inspiring them because I've lost the weight. There's no other way to do it because nobody can do that. People have got to want to own what's theirs. Most people are victims. Most people want the other person to rescue them. This work is not for those people. This work is for those people who are wanting to lead, lead families, lead, you know, themselves, lead their lives. So it's definitely not for everybody, for sure. I would assume, I think there's 11,000 at the recording. Uh, the majority are not ready. It's for people who are like, okay, I'm ready to learn. So Sandra, your question. I assume you're asking for questions related to this topic, but I would like some input on this concept if there's ever an opportunity. I hear you speak about we first abandon ourselves as children when we conform to our parents' expectations, so to speak. But what's going on with the children who do not conform? Hello, that's me. <clears throat> the ones who do what they want despite an attempt of their parents to control them. Hi, that's me. The ones that are considered disobedient or out of control. This is... Is this the same concept of abandonment, just as fight response versus the others? If the off topic, maybe you can speak on this another time. No, this is definitely. Whenever a child doesn't conform and goes their own way and feels like they're disappointing their parents, there is always a part of that child, myself included, that, that will always feel like they have something to prove. So... Because I was a nonconformist, because I was the black sheep, kind of thinking and going my own way, I could feel the rejection from my family system. So that lit a fire under my ass to just prove them wrong. So what happens as a result of these types of kids, these types of kids, is that they're very driven, but they're in, driven by this need to prove, which is inauthentic. 
This was me the first half of my career. I was driven by the rush to, to prove my parents wrong. And it worked. I got what I, I got the outcome, but because it didn't come from my heart, it came from a wound. It was never fulfilling to get there. It wasn't fulfilling. It didn't, getting there did not, these are the kids that'll reach success, okay? But then we'll always feel that there's this emptiness inside of them because they didn't have the approval because they didn't quite frankly learn how to give it to themselves. So hopefully that was useful. Another question, Sandra, I love your engagement. I do hope that you'll actually show up and do the work sometime. Um, how do you differentiate between what's your part to own and what's the other person's part to be made aware of? Ah, through the overview method. That's it. It's through dropping in and actually practicing and by me explaining it to you like this, it won't land in your body. So by me telling you, it's kind of like me going, all right, so here's how you play the piano. Right finger, right finger, right finger, like ring, pinky finger, sorry, um, pointer finger on the right hand, then middle finger on the right hand, then right finger on the right hand three times. And then are you going to learn how to play the piano doing that? No, not from a video you're gonna have to sit there and depending on how important this is to you to have a teacher to have a guide to look over and go ah you're playing too much kind of curl your uh curl your hands a little bit sit up with better posture this is what's going to help you now try it oh wow that worked that was fast so you want to collapse the timeline by getting a guide and a community and then practicing because this is a physical muscle memory skill it's not a cognitive process and by me telling you step one step two you're just not going to do it because in the moment where you get activated with your friend you're going to regress and here you are dysregulated and you've regressed to you know six years old or 12 years old or 15 years old and you will react and respond and speak to them from that perspective and there won't be connection and there won't be an ability to empathize either way because you're too knocked back in your wound. So how do you differentiate through actual doing of the work? What I just described, that's why I created the overview method, right? You said, am I wrong to have these? Was I wrong to be, to be vulnerable? Should my feelings be mine and mine only? No, you're not wrong to have your feelings. You just got knocked back into a wound. You fell back into a wound. You were no longer that adult self. You were speaking from the perspective of the child. You weren't an adult. And makes sense because you still haven't yet learned the skills in resourcing yourself, bringing yourself back to safety. You then, if you don't do that, you're then going to want the other person to see you and understand you. And if they don't, they don't have that capacity in that moment. You don't have the skills yet to repair with them because you haven't repaired with you. You've self-abandoned in that moment of trigger. So hopefully you, you will take it upon yourself and learn, find a guide in a community. If you don't do it with me, it's a path. Breaking these cycles of intergenerational trauma is a path you must walk on. We all are responsible of, for walking. It's just a matter of finding a guide, whether you do it with us or you do it with somebody else, finding a guide and a community to help walk you home to yourself and re regulate yourself. So those were the answers to some of those questions. Hopefully uh, that was uh, useful for you. Let me know what came up for you on this call.
those of you who are ready to break the cycle, I'm going to leave a link at the bottom. And it's an application form that helps us kind of discover those clients who are the right fit, who are really wanting to, to train, to learn, to invest in actually the skills to break the cycle so that their children don't become at the effect the same way you were for, from parents that didn't have these um, the ability or the, the, the awareness to heal those those unresolved wounds, the, the stored traumatic stress and trauma from generations that are living in your body, that you're reacting to, that are getting in the way of your health, that are getting in the way of your ascending and getting in the way of you being able to have relationships that actually work because you're just, every time you have an emotional flashback, boom, you abandon yourself. When you get this right, you have confidence in yourself. You feel safe in being able to resolve all of your emotional flashbacks. You don't need other people to fill the void. You you can be okay being alone. So you're able to set a boundary and say no and speak up for yourself. Your health improves. Your confidence improves. Your um, feeling of deserving and receiving expand and you feel worthy of receiving you don't feel like you have to work for love and abundance and then you get to receive and then what our clients tell us is wow this new relationship feels totally different just not the same anxiety so that's my invitation for those of you who are super duper keen the link is uh below and send me a dm if you have any questions seeing you at the next perfect time